I was sitting with my mom and we're having a conversation and she's not a Christian and she flat out told me that I'm anti-gay, right? You're anti-gay. So what did I respond with? Instead of offering this in-depth answer, I literally said to her, I said, why do you think I'm anti-gay? And when you say that, what does it mean? Mm. Because I'm not anti-gay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, and and when and I can't, I don't, we don't have time to go through the whole conversation. But like, what I tried to point out to her is like, I'm not against people. Like, I'm not against anybody. I'm not against these people. I think that there's a standard that we're called to live by, and I think there's a better, in an objective sense, a better way to live, a more healthy way to live. For the most part, gone are the days when we can just pull out our pre-programmed explanations of salvation. What questions are people really asking today when it comes to spiritual matters? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the third of four podcasts featuring Mr. Jonathan Noyes, apologist and speaker with the ministry Stand to Reason. You can find out more about Mr. Noyes and the Stand to Reason ministry at str.org. I really think today's podcast will be extremely helpful as we gain an understanding of where people are coming from in today's culture. It will help us as we seek to love, understand, and minister to others. Today we're going to get into the idea of relativism and the tremendous impact it has on our culture. We start with asking John about the difficult questions people are raising today. What what are the questions that, that people are asking? I mean, probably in the 1960s or before there may have been people who have asked, uh, you know, is there really a God? And they would be thinking about that. I, I take it that people don't directly ask that question nowadays as much. Uh, what kinds of questions do you think, from an apologetic standpoint, people are really asking? The, 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 and particularly non-Christians I'm talking about. Yeah, sure. I, I think that they're asking more culturally motivated issues. I think that there's, we got to understand that up until fairly recently, I think the culture was at least influenced by the Christian worldview. Um, and I think most people would have admitted that. I don't think uh, the Christian worldview has much of an influence right now in, in Western culture, at least certainly in the United States, um, that those days are gone. So there's less common ground. I think that the majority of people, when you even discuss, for example, what's in the Bible, most people haven't read the Bible. Where in previous, you know, if you go back a hundred years, the Bible was central to, to teaching, you know, and in the public schools or, or whatnot. And I'm not saying we need to get back there. I'm just saying that that's the way it was. So there was more, at least secondary or tertiary knowledge as to what the, the Christian worldview entailed. Now it's just not there. So they're heavily influenced by naturalism, by relativism, and these other worldviews. So the questions have changed. So instead of asking, does God, I mean, I think people are still asking, does God exist? But it comes in a different way. They're, they were asking questions like, like, is life meaningful? Mm. Right? They're asking questions of value. They're, they're struggling internally. I think the intrinsic questions, I think these existential uh, questions, the, the existential issues are highlighted because of the advent of certain things, but they've shifted to more of a, 
you know, it's more of a cultural struggle. And oftentimes, like, I think instead of asking you to defend or show them God exists, they're asking questions that put you and me on a defensive. Why do Christians hate gays? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why are Christians anti-women's rights? Right. You know, why did, why did your God have to kill his son? Mm. You know, these are the questions I think people are, are wrestling with. Right. Not, you know, um, the, like I said, Kalam cosmological argument, the transcendental argument for the existence of God, these things. I mean, they're still, don't get me wrong, we should know them and we should use them, uh, but we should kind of, I think, repackage them a little bit into language that suits the culture. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I hope that, does that answer your question? It really does. Um, and, and just to push that just a little bit more, it's not, they're not asking, for example, is homosexual behavior right or wrong? They're really asking, why do you as a Christian oppose that? And, and yes. therefore, you, you hate homosexuals because, as an example. Yes. So it's, it's really not the right or wrongness of the behavior. It's the Christian's viewpoint toward it is kind of. That's right. It. Yeah. And, and yeah, it goes back to relativism, too, because relativism is really seeped into everything. So, like, when, <clears throat> when I say to somebody, homosexual sex is wrong. Somebody who's not a Christian, even many Christians now, what they hear isn't that I think like, so, so my, my thinking behind this position is there's a tell us there's a purpose to everything, including our, our physical bodies, including our sexual relationships. There's a purpose behind them. It's been designed by a designer God with, with an intent. And so, so it has a purpose that's been assigned. Sex is assigned and it's, and the act of sex serves a purpose that, that's been given to us by God. They're not hearing any of that. What they're saying is that you think homosexual sex is wrong because of, for, for whatever reason, but it's a matter of personal opinion, mm-hmm. like my favorite flavor of ice cream. So when I say something is wrong, they're not hearing it's because it's a violation of, a, of an actual standard. What they're hearing is I've, I've tried these flavors and I've landed that this is, I do not like this one. Uh-huh. And, and that's hard to have that conversation. We don't have that in the background because we're not talking on the same plane, mm-hmm. right? So, so any type of moral, objective moral reality is, is out the door. As, and especially when it has to do with personal autonomy or uh, what we do with our bodies, for example, that that's the whole grounding to my body, my choice, mm-hmm. right? My body, my choice, my body, my choice. Well, what they're saying there is that, uh, when you say it's wrong, you're saying that my opinion, my feelings about this are wrong. I'm not, I'm not, so that's why oftentimes the arguments turn towards a personal attack. That's why today in the culture, when I say, you know, abortion is wrong, it comes, it's like a personal attack on somebody or homosexual sex is wrong. They take that personally right. because it's a personal attack. We, and we see that in their language where they identify, people identify as gay. Hi, I'm John. I'm a gay man. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're placing that, that, uh, that qualifier and they're placing their identity in something. And when they hear me say something is wrong, they think I'm attacking them, not mm-hmm. just the idea. And I'm not saying that there's something larger out there than just personal opinion. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. For whatever that's worth, I hope it's helpful. It is. Yeah, very much. And, and so, again, to follow on that, it seems like it might be, um, I'd say, risky or not, let's just say not beneficial to go off on that rabbit trail or that rabbit trail about cultural issues <laughs> if you really want them to 
come to know the Lord Jesus. Yeah. You know, but it's so easy to get sidetracked on that. But but I guess what you're saying also, correct me if I'm wrong, is that it is helpful to discuss those things because it raises the issue of is there absolute truth versus relativism? Is that this is this is like this is a really good point. So the other night, uh two nights ago, it was either two nights ago or last night, I can't remember. I was sitting with my mom and we're having a conversation. And she's not a Christian. And she flat out told me that I'm anti-gay, right? You're anti-gay. So what did I respond with? Instead of offering this in-depth answer, I literally said to her, I said, why do you think I'm anti-gay? And when you say that, what does it mean? Mm. Because I'm not anti-gay. I'm, I, and, and when, and I can't, I don't, we don't have time to go through the whole conversation, but like what I tried to point out to her, is like, I'm not against people. Like I'm not against anybody. I'm not against these people. I think that there's a standard that we're called to live by. And I think there's a better in an objective sense, a better way to live, a more healthy way to live. So I want people to flourish and not be hindered, you know? So I didn't offer this like whole, I didn't go through the passages in the Bible with my mom about how homosexual, I, I mean, I said the same type of stuff and maybe hopefully, you know, God willing, I'll get there one day where I'll walk through the scriptures with my mom and then show her, here's the standard. And this is the standard. This is what we live by. But it's funny. Cause like when you're addressed with that stuff, you know, again, we got to, we got to pick our battles and then how we respond to them. You know, um, especially when there, there are people leveling so many things at the Christian. Right, right. Yeah. Very helpful. Thank you. Um, listen to one of your uh, podcasts recently. Um, it, you, know, you have a podcast on YouTube called To the Point. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. To the Point. Yeah. Comes out how often? Every other week or uh, just about. Yeah. It's two Wednesdays a month. Okay. Good. Yeah. The second and the fourth Wednesday of every month. Good. And recently you talked about. Um, Arizona Christian University uh, had a study about the decline of Christianity, and you made the point that that the decline of Christianity was not related to an increase in secularism, yeah. but it, it was rather, I guess you'd say, for lack of a better term, increase in syncretism. That's right. So tell us about syncretism. What does that mean? And talk a little bit about that, if you could. Sure, absolutely. So syncretism is this, it's when you, what you do is you take uh, you might you might say you're a Christian, but what you do is you take beliefs from other worldviews, other systems, and you join them with your worldview. A good example of this would be, okay, I'm a Christian, but I believe in Darwinian evolution, mm -hmm. right? So I'm taking something, a naturalistic, traditionally naturalistic uh, explanation of something, then I'm attaching it, joining it to my worldview. And in this study, it's, uh, it's uh, the newest worldview inventory that came out of Arizona Christian University. Barna, who teaches there now, they, they, they put this out every year. And you can buy it on Amazon. It's like 10 bucks or whatever. It's, it's a decent little book, maybe 150 pages. And what they found is that the Christian, so the Christian worldview accounts for 6% right now of the population. That's people who, when they're surveyed and asked directly what they believe, the way they answer the questions are Christian. 6% of the population, which to me and you, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's awful. 
like, oh, this is not good stuff. Um, but the, and we're seeing declines, but not drastic. And it's not, and the declines aren't due to a rise in any other real world view, uh, mainly naturalism. I, I've always thought until recently, you know, I've been taught that the reason why the Christian worldview is decreasing is because the natural worldview, naturalism is increasing. So it's like this thing where one has to decrease in order for another to increase, right? Right. But that's not the way it is. What's happening is that people, because it, it all comes back to postmodernism and relativism, uh, people, what they're doing is they're, they're uh, taking what they like from each different worldview. So now you can have a, somebody who identifies themselves as a Christian, but who believes in reincarnation. That's a really clear example of syncretism, yeah. right? It's, it, they're borrowing. And even though it doesn't fit, right, but they're still, they're still adhering to it because it feels good ultimately yeah, yeah i mean they might not say that you know but the, but it's because it, it offers them some type of comfort maybe they have a relative who wasn't a christian and they die instead of thinking that they go to hell oh they're just reincarnated until they get it right become a christian well you see i've attached a, a foreign concept to my christian worldview right and so, so that's actually what Barna and the folks at arizona christian university have found it's not an increase in secularism that's causing the decline in the Christian worldview, but actually syncretism. It's a cornucopia now. So yeah. you do you, you know, whatever, whatever you, what is that? As long do whatever, do whatever makes you happy. And then everybody always adds the caveat. As long as you don't hurt anybody. Well, why, why don't I want to hurt anybody? Man, sometimes I get mad and I just want to hurt somebody. Why is that wrong? Anyways, <laughs> that brings the full circle back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So the question is then, and since that podcast, I've been more aware of that as I've talked to people and looked at culture. And uh, so the question then is, how do you, how do you reach somebody like that? And, and I'm guessing your answer is going to be, uh, what do you mean by that? And <laughs> yeah. how'd you come to that conclusion? That sort of thing, ask questions about, about where they're coming from. Would that be a correct answer? Or is there yeah, to add to that? Absolutely. I, I man, I'm just trying to be real with people. You know, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to be real with them and honest, and I'm holding people to a, a standard of at minimum consistency. So, for example, I was just on the campus of uh, UCI, so University of California, Irvine, and I was just standing in their quad, stopping people, asking them what they believe. I would actually say, hey, are you a Christian? And most people said yes. You know, most of these students, yes, I'm a Christian. I'd say, why are you a Christian? You know, and they'd say things like, "Uh, it works. Oh, because I was raised like this. And then I get to things like, "Uh, okay, so do you think... Christianity is the only true religion. And no Christian said yes, wow. not one of them. Wow. So, so what I do is I'd start asking, but I'd say, well, well, that's interesting because Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Only way through the, to the Father is through me. It seems like Jesus believed Christianity was exclusive. Would you agree with that or disagree with that? You know, and I just leave them down questions. I listen to their answer. And then when they said something that was intriguing to me, I'd, I'd bring up another question. I'd point it out to them and say, you know, oh, one of the uh, one of the best conversations I had was actually not with a Christian, but with uh, I had a, a conversation with an atheist, and the atheist was the only one who was willing to say that somebody is wrong, hmm. which was really interesting to me. I, I talked to Muslims, I talked to a Hindu girl, I talked to Christians. And I'd say, I just talked to those people over there, they're Muslim. Would you go and be willing to tell them that their worldview is wrong in the the course of a conversation? No. With the atheist, 
I said, would you be willing to tell that Christian over there that I just talked to you that they're wrong? And he stopped and he said to me, he said, that's a really interesting question. It's a hard question, but I would. And I thought that that was really interesting. So then that led me to, uh, you know, well, what's truth and how do you know it exists? Where does it come from? What is truth and how do we know it exists? Where does it come from? Objective truth versus relativism. Wow, what helpful insights Jonathan Noyes has brought to us today. If you're intrigued by these issues, I urge you to go to str.org for many great articles and information. But I also would ask that you join us next time for our final interview with John as he shares a way to define success as we share our faith with others on Making Disciples Naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.